Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Unlocking the mysteries of some strange planets across our universe. Just in time for some wars around some stars and various other science fiction movies, we look at some interesting things going on, including a sun which seems to be devouring its planets, plus trapped ice nearby in Ceres, and the mysteries of Star Wars planets and whether or not they're actually scientifically possible. When you think of the sun at the centre of our solar system, Sol, the giver of warmth and life, When we look up into the sky, we see it there accompanying us, and also the protector and former of our entire solar system and the many planets and dwarf planets inside its sphere of influence. You think of a nice, comforting, ever-present figure in our planet's history. But a team of international scientists, including researchers from the University of Chicago, have discovered a star around 300 light-years away called HIP 68468 that seems to have a lot of skeletons hidden in its closet. Now, HIP is uh, similar in size to our own sun, but inside its uh, makeup seems to indicate that some point in its distant past, it swallowed and consumed its inner planets. So these researchers used the 3.6 metre telescope at La Silla Observatory in Chile. And when they were studying the HIP system, they actually managed to see that there are already two planets in orbit around this star. A super-Neptune and a super-Earth. So a really big gas giant, bigger than Neptune currently orbiting our solar system. And a planet similar in the composition to Earth, but much larger. And these two planets, they found, were orbiting at a very, very close radius of orbit to the star at the centre of their system. Now, the, uh, the super-Earth uh, about, has about three times the Earth's mass, but it does a complete orbit of the star in three days. To wind it back, Earth, you know, Earth-sized planet around in our solar system takes 365 days, plus or minus a little bit, to orbit its sun uh, based on its current position in the arrangement of the planets. But in the HIP system, they're larger than Earth planet, or Earth parallel twin type planet, is doing it at an insane speed. And the reason that is the case is because it is orbiting incredibly close, closer than the position of Mercury in our own solar system, which is quite alarming. The Neptune-sized planet, which is about 50% larger than Neptune, which is already pretty big, orbits about the distance that Venus orbits our star, the Sun, which goes to show that these planets are orbiting extraordinarily close to their host star. And in fact, the modelling and the analysis of these orbits suggests that they did not start in that position. In fact, they probably started much further out in the accretion disk region, or the local area of that solar system, around the hip star, then slowly through the gravitational pull and release and tug of war going on drew closer and closer inwards towards the centre and thus may eventually become ingested by the star at the centre of this system. And further evidence to support this theory is that HIP 68468's composition 
points to the fact that it's killed and eaten planets before, and will continue to do so in the future, most likely. In fact, when you look at the spectrography of the star, you'll see that it produces around four times more lithium than one would expect for a star that is around six billion years old uh, of a similar size and chemical makeup. And it has a huge surplus of refractory elements, metal resistant to heat, that you normally find inside a rocky planet. These are the crumbs, if you will, the leftovers, the remnants of what was once probably rocky planets inhabiting the inner rings of this solar system that were then consumed by HIP. Now, in generally, in a star such as uh, HIP 68468, lithium is consumed over time. But the large amount of lithium it has corresponding to its age doesn't make much sense unless it got supplied it from another source. Similarly, there's heavy metals that are found inside this atmosphere corona around the star also wouldn't have any sense for it to be there, especially at this young age of the star. It's equivalent in size when you combine these two amounts of mass that we've sort of accounted for that doesn't make much sense to be there. It equates to around six times the volume of Earth. That means it's killed or eaten at least one other planet um, similar in size to Earth, maybe more, maybe less. Or some other source of material had to be provided to give this star the characteristics that we're seeing. Something had to give this star all this lithium and extra metals that it would otherwise not normally have. So these facts, this chemical composition, combined with the strangely close orbital behavior of the remaining planets, definitely does suggest something fishy going on in this star's past. And that's where the modeling started to look into the orbits in more detail and make the predictions and analysis. Now, what does this mean? Well, it doesn't mean that the sun is going to consume Earth anytime soon, but it just goes to show that the orbits of stars are a finely balanced system. And any little disturbance to that over time can lead to catastrophe for, for that planet. And that the lovely arrangement of stars that, and planets that we have in our solar system may not be as typical as we think. It's December, and that means a new Star Wars movie has been released, and this is a feature which I have come to love about the last couple of years. But if you love science and also Star Wars, you probably found yourself wondering just how realistic are the number of different types of planets that we see, and not to say too much about the latest Star Wars main canon movie, Force Awakens, or the more recent spin-off, Rogue One. There is a lot of different and fascinating planet types that we see in these movies. So could they actually exist? Do they make any scientific sense? And thankfully, researchers from NASA have put together a fact sheet to help you out so we can all understand if our favourite science fiction universes bear any close semblance to reality. Now, if you're not familiar with Tatooine, it forms the centrepiece major planet uh, for many of the Skywalkers, in particular the starting point for our journey in Episode 4, A New Hope. And what's noticeable about Tatooine is that it has a twin sun system. We call these things binary star systems. 
And actually, we found several of these. In fact, there's one about 200 light years away, officially called Kepler 16b, but unofficially known as Tatooine, in honor of the Star Wars movie. And that twin star solar system was discovered using the Kepler Space Telescope, hence the name. Now, a person on Kepler 16b would have two shadows from their two suns. In a storm, two rainbows would appear because there'd be two different sources of light to refract and form the beautiful rainbows we see in our sky. So you would actually would have a double rainbow, but it would even be a specialer type of double rainbow. Then each sunset would be fascinatingly unique because of the way that the two stars interact. No one sunset would be almost identical. It would be like a very complex and mirrored, ever-changing sundial for you to observe and watch. And what they found is that, well, around half the stars in our Milky Way are in pairs, rather than solo stars like our own, making us the galactic oddballs. Now, we've seen many, many desert worlds in the Star Wars franchise. We've seen Tatooine, obviously, as a desert world, but in A Force Awakens, we met Jakku, and in Rogue One, we meet Jeddah. But desert planets are actually something that is would reasonably commonplace in our universe. Now, somewhere like Mars is basically a desert planet, uh, but anywhere with little atmosphere or poor magnetosphere to trap in gases would eventually end up like a desert, provided there's enough heat. In fact, the lack of water on a desert planet would actually might make it more habitable, because if there's too much water, uh, you might end up with a super hot, toxic planet like Venus, or super chilled like Europa. So desert planets are pretty much one of the most common out there. Now another type of planet is the ice planet, one entirely sealed up and encased in a never-ending blizzard of ice. And actually, that is also depressingly quite common in our universe. In fact, we've already got a planet named Hoth, like the Star Wars one, discovered in 2006. It's a icy super-Earth. That was so similar to the one they saw that was seen in Star Wars, they had to name it after it. But its official designation is OGLE 2005-BLG-390-L, named after the optical gravitational lensing experiment, OGLE, which found it. Now, a planet like Hoth would be far too cold to support life as we know it, but deep down, maybe near a volcanic trench or under a frozen lake, may be possible for life to exist maybe even in the frozen soil, like we've discovered in Antarctica. And if you want a parallel for that, you can look closer to home at Jupiter and its moon Europa. And in fact, NASA is actually designing a mission to go investigate Europa to discover if there's anything going on there. Much of the same could be said for Saturn's moon and Cletus. Now, an ocean world such as those Camino and Scarif as seen in Attack of the Clones and also... Uh, the newest Rogue One movie, is a bit more of a strange case. Now, we know the only place we've found water is with goes along with having life. So if we want to find life, then finding water is a good first step. So a super ocean planet may be actually increasing our chances to find life. But we haven't been able to confirm the existence of any ocean worlds out there at the moment. And that's quite challenging because when we think about it we'd love to find one 
But trying to actually detect if a planet has an ocean is actually very difficult. We might be able to detect the glint of an ocean, the reflection of light, but otherwise it's quite hard. We've seen the glint of a liquid ocean of methane from this planet of the moon Titan of the planet Saturn in our own solar system, but not quite one of pure water yet. So there's many different types of planets out there and we've just scratched the surface of it and our universe is huge and full of fascinating different things. And science fiction like Star Wars and other series goes a long way to actually getting things right about what's just out there in our solar system. And so you never know what might be hiding out of part of the galaxy far, far away. Nestled between Mars and Jupiter in the asteroid belt lives the dwarf planet Ceres. Now, Ceres is, for a while, one of the unusual odd bodies in our solar system. Until the classification of dwarf planet was developed, we didn't know quite what to make of it. It was uh, too big to be an asteroid and, and too small to be a planet. Much in the same way as Pluto was reclassified, Ceres was one of the beneficiaries of that classification change. And after discovery in 1801, we now have a good understanding of what Ceres is, and that is a dwarf planet. It's around 473 kilometers in radius, which, which isn't so bad, but it's not really very large when you think about it. But what's more fascinating about Ceres is that we've been studying it for many years, because as a mix somewhere between an asteroid and a planet, it has some unusual surface features. Now it's round and has a lot of myriad of different craters with unusual chemical compositions, including salty type brines with magnesium sulfate hexhydrate, as well as ammonia rich clays. Then later with further studies, we figured out there's also large amounts of sodium carbonate there. It's sort of living in bright spot patches. One of these space probes that NASA has orbiting between Mars and Jupiter at the moment, the American Dawn space probe, has been orbiting now Ceres for a while, and since March 2015 to be precise, and it's carrying aboard it some special cameras from the Max Planck Institute for Solar System Research, or MPS. Now, these cameras have just released the results of a fascinating study of the polar regions of this dwarf planet. What they managed to find at these polar regions, there's some craters. And because of the way which Ceres moves or doesn't move that much in its orbit around the sun, you end up with regions of those craters which live in permanent darkness. Now that permanent darkness is actually quite beneficial for these craters, or rather, what's inside these craters. And what they've managed to discover is there are some ice deposits, water ice deposits, that have been living in these craters, frozen, locked in place, because there's no sun there or heat to melt them. And using these special cameras, we've actually now been able to take pictures and begin to understand 
these large deposits of water ice. Now, when you're scanning a planet to find ice, it's not actually very easy to do so. The crew found around 634 identified craters with permanent dark areas, and then there were 10 of those that were had conspicuously bright patches on them. And when they were detailed inspected with the cameras, they managed to make some interesting discoveries. Now, some of the nature of these craters meant there was small slithers that where a large portion were in permanent darkness, but there might be a little outcrop that managed to make its way into the sunlight. And it's that little patch that Dawn's visible in IR spectrometer managed to study. And by doing so, they managed to identify the spectral signature of water ice, which is fascinating because it means that there's ice on other planets, in fact, water on other planets. Now, obviously, it's frozen, which is, of course, logical for somewhere that's never getting any sunlight. But it does go a long way to show that the presence of ice through the solar system is in places where we often least expect it. Now, if you compare it to ice we found on the moon or Mercury, or even potentially places like Mars or comets, what happens when it comes into contact with sunlight is that it starts to sublimate and goes from solid straight away to gas and doesn't hang around for too long. The heat of the sun, no matter how remote it is, often can melt these things. But in these hidden, darkened regions of Ceres, the ice is incredibly stable, and we end up with basically time capsules of ice trapped on this planet. And so Ceres is slowly revealing more secrets to us of this unusual dwarf planet that is nestling not too far from home. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, Lagrange Point. The star that's just gobbling up its neighbours, plus trapped ice in ever-dark parts of Ceres, as well as finding out which Star Wars planets are actually scientifically possible. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.